0: All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martos here, joined by Taylor Bell of the Hopeless Sportsmanic podcast. We're going to talk about the MLB playoffs again. I was hoping to get a show in before the championship series began, but I did not get a chance to do a show last week. So we are two games into both series. The ALCS is currently tied one to one between the Astros and Red Sox, and the Braves are currently ahead two to zero after two walk off wins against the Dodgers uh, in Atlanta this past weekend. So, we're going to talk a little bit about those two series. We're going to mention some of our favorite moments as well as where each team stands going into the final couple games of the series. Before we do that, we want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter at LGI underscore podcast. You can find us on TikTok as well. You can find Taylor's pot, Taylor on Twitter at TaylorBell222. Taylor, is there anything that I'm missing? Uh, Just
1: uh, my podcast, the Hopeless Sports Mantid podcast is also available on Anchor and pretty much uh, any other platform you can find a podcast.
0: Yeah, and so is ours. You can find us on Anchor, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, all of the streaming or all of the streaming sites. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the NLCS. I think that's what most of the intro, most of the. Listeners are interested in granted, most of our listeners come from the Southeast. Let's talk about the Braves and the Dodgers. First of all, two classic games. And before I get your thoughts, Taylor, I will say, as a Braves fan, it's nice to see the team getting hot going into October. I have felt like the past couple of years, uh, the team has had a great year. However, they have wrapped the division up so early that it has kind of affected the way that they go into the playoffs. It's like they go in a little bit flat because everybody's resting. Guys are a little bit hurt. But this year they've had to really win up until the final week of the season, and they've been hot coming into these playoffs. And we're getting glimpses of what we saw back in 2018, 2019 of – the late inning heroics that the team has struggled with this year. Uh, oh, your overall thoughts of the two first two games of the NLCS.
1: I was, I've been extremely pleased with a lot of the bullpen pitching for Atlanta as well. That's something that coming in that the Dodgers definitely had the advantage in was just the depth in general in their bullpen: lefties, righties, ground ball guys, power guys, but. Through, but when these guys have come in in a variety of different situations, uh, Tyler Matzick, especially, getting out of jams, making those big time pitches, I think that the Braves have had a little bit of luck with the guys that they're facing in the lineup at those current at those points. But they're still able to get get out of those jams, and um, it's like you said, it's a lot like 2018 in the playoffs. We're seeing a lot of this kind of small ball, put the ball in play, um, stealing bases and um, hitting, uh, taking the extra base and being aggressive on the base pass. I think that's something you kind of see in the playoffs in general compared to a 162 game season. But all these, it's Brian Snicker has managed the bullpen well and the trade deadline acquisition.
0: Surprise, by the way.
1: very pleasant surprise. Um, And then the trade deadline acquisitions from Alex Anthopoulos with Jack Peterson and Eddie Rosario have been the biggest contributors. So it's like the two are really working in unison to towards the ultimate goal, which is to uh, win the series and
0: ultimately win the World Series. Yeah. And we've been on that train of, you know, this team should be uh, competing for the World Series every year enough with the division title celebrations. I, I guarantee, I told you, I guarantee the Saints don't care that they won the NFC South last year. They got beat by Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Um, and and it should be the same thing. You know, it's not it's not the late 80s anymore. It's a little bit easier to get into the playoffs this year with the wild card. And, you know, anything can happen. You don't have to win over 90 games to get in, obviously, with the Braves this year. But, you know, this team is – I like what you said about the guys coming in to – at the trade deadline. And that goes that goes for Alex Anthopoulos. I think that he's executive of the year, if you ask me. You know, he, he gave up Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval, who was – um, one for his last 31 before he was traded. He he was not really – he wasn't helpful. I mean, he was too slow and too unathletic and too out of shape to play in the field, uh, wasn't getting it done at the plate. He was really just an extra guy to have just to, you know, be – Where hand ahead and – hand ahead at dogs. the end of the dugout. I was going to say team clown, but we'll go with your thing. And we got rid of him for Eddie Rosario, who has really been the hero of the playoffs, I would say. I mean, you talk about a huge two-out, two-RBI single in the NLDS. He, he scored the first run of the game on Saturday night. And, you know, with a big walk-off hit, I think it was an error, but it was hit really hard and hit in in their defense, in Corey Seager's defense last night. The ball was hit hard up the middle. I do think Corey Seager should have gotten it. Nonetheless, Eddie Rosario has been a huge part of the playoffs, and we haven't even mentioned Jorge Soler, who hopefully the series doesn't have to go to five games, but I expect that it will with it being back in Los Angeles. I believe Jorge Soler will be eligible to come back for game five uh he was placed on the covid list right before um right before game 4 of the NLDS he was put on the covid list and he was such a huge part i mean he providing that power at the leadoff spot very versatile in that batting order all three of these guys really are i mean all three of them have hit leadoff at some point all three of them have up and down the order have come off the bench um and and it's just great to see the the these guys have come in and and just done their part and done more than their share coming in
1: and that's the reason why despite freddie struggling the way he has in the first two games the braves are still winning yes that's that's if i'm a dodger fan that's the part that scares me more than anything else is that the 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 reigning NL MVP is striking out every time he comes up to the plate at this point. So there's no telling what happens if he finds a groove and his bat gets going in the remaining games in this series.
0: And you know, Dodger fans are trying to find excuses. Oh, the Dodgers really lost more than the Braves won. If that's what you want to tell yourself, that's fine. But the fact that Freddie Freeman is 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts in this series and the Braves are still up 2 to nothing, that has nothing to do with, you know, the Dodgers blowing it. I I think that, you know, guys like, like we said, Eddie Rosario stepping up, Jock Peterson hit another bomb Sunday night. Uh, Austin Riley, I mean, we haven't even talked about Austin Riley yet, how big he's been in the playoffs this year, all season long, really. I don't know how much, again, I'm probably a homer in this, how I don't think he's going to win MVP, but he has definitely put himself in that conversation for those fairweather fans to have him uh, in that MVP conversation. He, he hit a walk-off single Saturday night, He hit a home run Saturday night, and then he also got the game-tying double last night for the Braves as well. And, you know, it's not – the fact, like you said, the fact that this lineup can do all of this with Freddie Freeman going 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts, the fact that this lineup can – or the fact that this team is up 2 to nothing with Freddie Freeman – franchise player struggling like this it says something about the starting pitching the bullpen everything is just coming together yes and this
1: just doesn't have we just haven't seen the same dodger team as we did last year now granted they won what was it 107 games or so but it's it's more it's been a lot more grinding it out and um, winning with with pitching a little bit. They don't have the offense that they had last year to where they could just come come from behind constantly and get up big on guys. Um, Cody Bellinger's had a very down year. Mookie Betts has kind of been down this year, and specifically in this series, we saw that Justin Turner wasn't in the lineup, and he's the guy that. I would say probably almost as much as Mookie Betts last year was the guy that I was scared of just because he has that reputation as that clutch performer, that hitter, that you could throw a pitch right in the spot you want to and he's just going to pull his hands in and do do some damage with it. But um, I think the biggest play that illustrates that, I think I told you this right after the game, last year on that Austin Riley game-tying double, is that not some ridiculous like diving catch into the yes. on the line track by Mookie Betts last year.
0: Yes, just the plays that he was making last year. That I mean the diving plays robbing Freddie Freeman of a game tying home run. I believe it was in game six last year. Yeah, he was incredible. I think that for the Braves in these first two games, they've stopped guy Corey Seeger just annihilated the Braves last year. I think he hit over like five hundred in that Braves series against the Dodgers and the n l c s and the NLCS last year. Guys like Mookie Betts aren't making the ridiculous plays that they were making last year. Um and you know haven't they haven't hit as well at and that's a credit to Braves pitching. This time last year the Braves had Bryce Wilson or Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson as their game three and game four starters. Charlie Morton is starting tomorrow for the Braves in Los Angeles. And then I think that they go they might go back in game four with Ian Anderson. He only threw 50-something pitches last night. Or they go to a guy like Enoa, do a bullpen-type game that the Dodgers did in game one. Um, but, yeah, it's guys for the Dodgers that are scaring me the most. It's Will Smith, their catcher, and Chris Taylor, who's just, you know – not necessarily showing up in the stats, but I mean, he's killing the Braves with timely hitting in this series and definitely will definitely help the Braves in the ninth inning with a timely base running mistake as well.
1: And, and you taught, you mentioned earlier about all these, the LA reporters, um, talking about how, Oh, the, the, the Braves didn't win this. the, The Dodgers lost this it's playoff baseball. The team that makes the fewest mistakes is the team that wins. That's the whole point, honestly, in the game of baseball, is it's not as much beating your opponent as it's staying level-headed and not beating yourself. It's not chasing pitches at the plate. It's not making errors in the field. It's hitting your spots as a pitcher. It's the the little things adding up. And we've seen things like Eddie Rosario tagging up from first to second on a fly ball to left field. If that throws online, he's out by a mile. Yes. these
0: Aussies, we would be giving him as much crap as we gave Adam Duvall last last week when he did the same thing twice. And an Aussie's RBI
1: single that throws online, Rosario's probably out at the plate. But it's the Braves I, living. It's. You live by the sword and you die by the sword. They ran themselves into outs the last series because the Brewers were one of the best defensive teams in baseball and they played like it. And then now we're doing the same thing this series and the Dodgers are having some missed opportunities and we're taking advantage of it. And that's playoff baseball at its finest.
0: Yeah, and, you know, like, like you said, the Braves are taking the risks and I've been hard on te- my teams for not taking risks. In big time games, and it's come back to bite them. Look, in these, and when you're at this point, you're playing a team that's won over 100 games. It's a close game. Both games are very close. You have to take some risks in order to win the game. And I've been very hard on Ron Washington for um, getting um, being a little bit too happy with sending guys, and it's cost the Braves a couple times this year, but. You have to take risks in order to win these tight tight games, and that's what the Braves are doing, and it's paying off for them. And they're other than one inning last night for the Braves, the Braves are attacking. They're not playing scared. And there was one inning where the Braves played a little scared, and it cost them two runs by by walking, intentionally walking a guy with two outs. Luke Jackson comes in, hits. Uh, Justin Turner, and then, of course, uh, the big hit. But, you know, the Braves are are taking risks. The Braves are being aggressive, and they're showing that they're not going to go down without a fight. And and it's it's showing in the scoreboard so far.
1: When the difference between this series and especially 2018, I kind of want to compare that one more because COVID had, like, the series was in Arlington the whole time, and there wasn't really – as much of an atmosphere and a real playoff baseball feeling difference between this team in 2018 is when the Dodgers punched the Braves in the mouth in 2018, they didn't punch back. And now you see immediate responses. You see the clutch performers, Austin Riley's, Jeff Peterson's those guys having the timely hits and it's not Nick Markakis hitting fourth in the lineup and going 0 for four with three strikeouts and, and
0: looking at a fastball down in the zone, every single strikeout. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They've done it all playoffs long. They've been punched in the mouth, and then they respond. It's not that they respond. It's that they respond quickly. It's within two or three innings they tie the game every single time. And, you know, it's like you said, it's not Nick Marcakis batting fourth. It's Austin Riley batting fourth you don't have uh your starting right fielder, that's fine. We'll stick Jock Peterson in there who killed the Braves the past couple years in the playoffs and now he's on our team and he's doing the same thing to with his timely hits, his timely home runs. And you know it's not it's not guys like Ender and CRT respect him, but it's not him in center field. Johan Camargo is pinch-hitting in the third or fourth inning instead of starting at third base. And he is 0 for 18 for the season, may I point out. But neither here nor there. You know, it's it's a different team. It's a team that's clicking at the right time. And it's a team that I expected. On this show, I said the Braves are going to the World Series at the beginning of the season. Now in July – I was really eating those words because of all the injuries, guys not necessarily performing. The lineup, I mean, guys like Almonte and the lineup, Guillermo Heredia as an everyday player, Kevin Smith catching, Kevin Smith catching. My goodness, Kevin Smith catching, Stephen Vogt catching. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, he. I mean, it's, it's a team that – this team right now, if the season started right now, would win more than 80-something, 80 88 games. This team won 88 games with everything that it had going wrong for it. This team right here can compete with anybody. It is showing. And, yeah, I, I, was, a, I was pessimistic going into the playoffs. I unfortunately chose the Brewers in five and i said i was i would be i would love nothing more than to be wrong in this situation and i would love nothing more than to be right in this situation i'm sticking with my prediction or going back to my prediction in april that the braves are going to the world series and it's because this team starting pitching we haven't talked about max freed absolutely shoved it on saturday and he didn't even have his best stuff, but he still didn't walk anybody. He still struck out five batters. He still went six innings. Less than 100 pitches was taken out. Ian Anderson didn't have his best stuff, but the bullpen continues to shove it this entire playoffs. Will Smith is making all, um, including me, look not smart. A bunch of fairweather fans not look smart. He has been fantastic in the playoffs. And talk about Tyler Matzik, Luke Jackson, I'll mention Jesse Chavez um, coming in and doing a great job as well. So it's just I, – I keep saying it, but it's all finally has come together in the past couple months for the Braves, and pitching-wise, hitting-wise – defense wise, this team can, can do it. And I've never felt more optimistic about the Braves in a playoff series.
1: It's, it's just this feeling of, um, I got a couple of points. I want to cover here. Just like you said, the the confidence of, I think 10 minutes after Ronald Acuna hit that grand slam in game three and 18, it was right back to, Oh my gosh, Max Muncy's up. Oh no. Chris Taylor's up. What are we going to do? How are we going to win this game? Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers put up two in what was it? The seventh inning. And it's, and I was just kind of like, all right, boys, time to respond. You just, yeah, it's just this trust in this team to come through. But as far as the pitching is concerned, the biggest thing, I think we've seen this from Max freed all season long. It's not necessarily the volume of strikeouts, but Max has a great neck for what I call time timely strikeouts yeah you have that you have first and second with two guys you have a power hitter with two guys on and two outs you have a, a runner on third or or on in scoring position early and you can't really allow an, a runner to advance to allow a run in and just working out of jams and it's not putting your defense in a stressful position to where somebody with especially with Kind of how weak the outfield is defensively for Atlanta with Ronald Acuna being injured, and things like that. Um, it's just like like his game one was perfect with he had I think there was a point he had first and second with two outs in the sixth inning I think it was the final guy he faced Justin Turner. What does he do? Blows a heater right by him and the Braves come right back and are able to really. Stay in the game and just when you're the, on the other side of the equation, as the Dodgers, that sucks the life out of your dugout when you don't come through in those situations.
0: We've talked about how we like the way that Snit has managed the bullpen. We can't say the same thing about Dave Roberts. I think the dumbest thing that he did in the eighth inning of Saturday's game or Sunday's game. You're up four to two, and you get your game four starter in there to go into the eighth inning against – and he, and you said this, I think. He was so focused on getting Freddie Freeman out that he wanted that lefty-lefty matchup. He forgets that Ozzie Albies absolutely rakes with the right-handed bat. Austin Riley rakes against left-handers, and he's so focused on getting Freddie Freeman out. Of course, I don't blame him. Freddie Freeman is Freddie Freeman, but you forget this lineup can do it against left-handed hitter or left-handed pitchers. You had Gratterall in the bullpen. You had Kinley Jansen sitting and waiting, and I thought he should have gone with Gratterall in the eighth inning. His sinker was just overwhelming for a lot of guys or for everybody. It's a sinker that's over a hundred miles an hour. And, you know, Urias just wasn't ready or not, not wasn't ready. It wasn't the right move. Um, I don't know really what Dave Roberts was thinking. Maybe you have an idea of it, but it all came down to who was going to make the biggest mistake and And the Dodgers made the most mistakes but that doesn't mean, again, it does not mean that they lost more than the Braves won.
1: Urias is the projected game four starter. So you've really put your pitching staff into a pickle, not coming through with the win in that situation. And the, they mentioned on the broadcast that you could keep the, a runner. You could keep, I believe it was Albies maybe. at It was Rosario at bay. At first, I don't really think that was in the thought process at all. I think he just saw how Urias the past couple of years has been the big contributor as the starter, kind of out of the pen for the Dodgers in the playoffs. But as a Braves fan, from what I've seen, especially with Freddie struggling in this series, I would want to go righty just because you have the MVP candidate. And then Ozzie, I think Ozzy Albies alone, even if you have two other lefties, In a situation like that, Ozzy Albies is so dominant against left-handed pitching
0: that I would, that I... You go righty specifically for that situation. And it's on today's episode of why lefty-lefty, righty-righty means nothing. You look at at the stats for it. You look to see what guys have reverse splits versus um, lefties and righties. That's what I might is. have,
1: I might have even because I'm, I know it bit Milwaukee in the butt with throwing Hayter in the eighth against us in Game Four, but I'm a big proponent of going best on best, and that's true. I would if I were a Dodgers fan, I would have wanted honestly Kinley Jansen in that situation because that's the that is the heart of the Braves lineup in a game where you if they they had just put up two runs, you come in in that situation and you put have a shutdown inning. I don't really see guys like Haradia or um,
0: even Dansby
1: even those guys being able to carry the load offensively to bring the Braves back into the game but I know it's 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 hard to judge a manager because obviously the playoff bullpen management is very results driven as to whether you're criticized or not but I think it's pretty obvious to see that Dave Roberts really didn't help the Dodgers' chances of winning the series.
0: And There's nothing wrong with two-inning saves. We've seen it all the time. We haven't really seen it a lot in these playoffs, but there's nothing wrong with getting your closer in for the final two innings. And on top of that, everybody gets a day off today. As we record on Monday, both teams are, are not playing tonight. Kenley Jansen will be ready Tuesday night. He'll be ready Wednesday night. And, yeah, you can go You can go with guys in that situation for a two-inning save. I, I thought that he or Gratterall would have been a better, better choice. We've seen Austin struggle at times with sinkers, and everybody's going to struggle with a sinker over 100 miles an hour. So it's not just Austin Riley, but we've seen – Ozzy um, Press on the first pitch, you could have gotten him to to chase at the first pitch, but he puts up a great at bat against Urias and gets a single out of it. But yeah, I, I, Dave Roberts and the Dodgers are going to look back at that decision and r- really kick themselves for that. I also wasn't a huge fan of taking Max Scherzer out after four and a third inning. I thought that he was doing pretty well. I feel like, I feel like he was plenty rested and he could have easily gone six innings. And um, I just think it was a big mistake to take him out. Don't have his pitch count right in front of me, but I mean, this is the second or third time in these playoffs where he's been taken out a little bit premature. I'm sure he's not a fan of that either.
1: Yeah, I just, I, what I, what I like that um, Brian Snicker has done is he's taken out um, Ian Anderson and Max Freed in situations where it's, it's worked out for the, the bullpen, obviously with guys coming through and winning, but like Scherzer's in a situation, he said in the post-game press conference they took him out because of he had, quote, a dead arm because they were using him so much in the uh, original the divisional series, and he I believe closed out the wild card game as well. But um, it's just been a, a situation where the Braves not only are you up 2-0, but Max Fried. It's not asking too much if you want to throw him on short rest in a situation. If you want Ian Anderson to come in on short rest, he only threw, I believe, 50 pitches or so when he didn't have his best stuff. So he can come back next start when he's really working it well. And that takes a ton of pressure off of uh, kind of a thinner bullpen for the Braves.
0: Yeah, we've seen the same guys. We've seen – We've seen Tyler Matzik in the seventh. We've seen Luke Jackson in the eighth. We've seen Will Smith in the ninth. And guys like A.J. Mentor, guys like even Jacob Webb, Jesse Chavez, we've seen what they're able to do. A.J. Mentor's been fantastic in his two innings. Jesse Chavez has come in and put up uh, three great outings in the playoffs. But the Dodgers bullpen – has more depth, like you said. And the fact that we have these starting pitchers that are able to go six innings definitely helps the Braves. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see, looking into game four and game five, what Brian Snicker decides to do. Is he going to go with Max Freed on short rest, or is he going to go with Ian Anderson? I think, I think it all depends on what happens game three for Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's going to go game three versus Walker Bueller. I think if the Braves win that, you can go with Ian Anderson. Would you agree on short or on that rest? You don't necessarily have to throw Max Freed because in that situation, if the Braves win, you have Max Fried to go game one of the world series. If the Braves lose that game, then you have Max Freed fully rested for Game Five.
1: I I come so coming into this with uh, Charlie Morton having the extra days of rest after um, pitching a short. He granted he pitched Game Four on shorter rest then, but he's got the extra rest heading into Game Three. I'm feeling extremely confident in him to be able to come through. But I think in a situation, unless you, I, I, would much rather prefer if it's if the Dodgers come back and tie it to have Max Freed on um, full rest. I, 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 I want to. I don't really want to push a guy on short rest unless maybe we see a kind of offensive onslaught, a, a situation where you feel like you're going to want your best players in the, a very specific situation to where you feel like the series is on the line. But I would probably go with Inoa or um a, a, a bullpen day in game four. I, I'm most likely start noah see how he does because I don't want to see I just see some you you bring in, you use that many bullpen guys one it adds fatigue. But on top of that, we saw like we saw from the Dodgers in game one, one of those guys is gonna not have his best stuff and you're gonna get burned for it. So that's probably what I would do in that situation.
0: Yeah, I I have a hard time trusting you, know, He's got great stuff. He's got a, a lot of life on his fastball, a, a great slider as well. I just he hasn't put in a lot of playoff innings, and on top of that, if we're if if it's a two to one lead, I don't want I don't want there to be a whole lot of risk in in them tying that series. I just – I'm hesitant to start him in that because unless he only – you're confident he's only going to go one time through the order because I see him as more of a late-inning reliever myself than a starter or a bullpen guy myself in the future. But I just – Maybe you go with him for, for one time through the order, then you go with another guy through the next part of the order. I don't know. Can we just talk about how on the ropes the Dodgers would be right now if Mike Soroka was fully healthy? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. If if he was – the Braves rotation, I mean, we're talking about him. I mean, there are guys in the minors that have come up and done a great job too, like a Kyle Moeller and a – tucker davidson um and having mike's if mike soroka were in this charlie morton still hasn't pitched i mean my goodness there is that's that's
1: four 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 pitchers that could easily shove it on any given night
0: four guys that could be aces it's it's
1: insane uh it, 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 you you want to focus on this season but it's extremely hard as a Braves fan exactly. to think exactly i was about doing, to say something we're doing, about i was we're about doing to all say this something about next
0: C- year but i mean i can't i can't say something about next year because i was literally about to say something but it's so hard like you said not to just think about the future rotation what, no
1: soroka Noah Cunha, and we're still doing this yes
0: yeah But let's go ahead and move on to the other series, the ALCS. The series is tied um, one-to-one between Houston and Boston. Game three is tonight at 8 o'clock in Boston. What are your thoughts on how the first two games have gone? What are your thoughts on this series?
1: This is going to be a series where – Neither team really has a strong bullpen. Now, Houston went out and got guys like Kendall Graveman at the deadline to try to bolster theirs, but Boston themselves still has um, a very weak bullpen. They're going to rely heavily on Tanner Houck and Nathan Avaldi, but that's not really a recipe you want to see when you have the offense and the lineup that Houston is putting out there. Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve and it's i I just don't see how Boston is able to now they put out had a ton of offense with Luis Garcia coming out early and hitting two grand slams in game 2 but i I don't know how Boston's bullpen is going to be able to hold up over the course of a 7 game series where you're going to see you're gonna to have to just out of lack of depth, out of necessity, you're gonna throw the same guys repeatedly, and then you're gonna. Those guys are gonna start seeing the off. The batters are gonna start seeing those pitches a lot better, and the the damage is gonna be done um, pretty ex- extensively. On top of that, heading into the series, um, Boston had to go to what was it, twelve or thirteen innings against Tampa to finish them off. So they're it already two, a-
0: two walk offs against Tampa. I believe one was in 12 – one was in 13 innings and one was in extra innings as well. But, I mean, talking about what they've had to go through, this Houston lineup as well is, is insane. And, you know, just like you said, this bullpen for Boston is going to be tested for sure. Yeah. But, go ahead.
1: It's It's a lot of guys for Boston – whether it's on the Cubs 2016 team like Kyle Schwarber or uh, it's guys that were part of that 2018 team that's kind of very similar to the the it's very much I think a schematic um, really cerebral series between the two because both of these teams have have been there before there's not any kind of issue where you worry about unless maybe only on a couple of individual player levels with it being some young guys that maybe are in their their rookie or sophomore season but they these teams have been there before and they don't neither team seems to get too uh rattled uh now the obviously the astros pitching staff did last night but Mm -hmm. I I, I want to see – haven't really seen much how they've used Zach Grinke. I'm kind of surprised we haven't really – they haven't really made him kind of a, a focal point of their pitching staff throughout the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they did have to go with Jake Odorizzi in game two. He went four innings and gave up four runs. Garcia, um, I believe that he was more of an opener, but he struggled to get out of the first inning – given up five runs. I mean, Boston just jumped on him early, and from the very beginning, it was putting the pressure on the Houston offense to to really do something. And I'm surprised we haven't really seen Zach Grinke either. He's not going to go tonight for them. Um, I'm just... For Houston, their lineup to me is a little bit better. Um I think their pitching is going to be better. Rodriguez has struggled in the playoffs as well. Struggled in the series against Tampa. I don't necessarily trust him tonight. So, um, in Boston is always a special environment in the playoffs, and it's a it's a it's a field that is very much. It's very diff. You have to play back a lot. You know, with four twenty in center field. 380 basically and straight away, straight away right with 307 down the line. Then, of course, you have to play the green monster right. So, it's definitely a home field advantage type thing for Boston. That's where the term home field advantage really plays out. It's not necessarily about the crowd, it's not necessarily, um, about, you know, playing at home. It's about knowing the dimensions, knowing, uh, how to play the ball off the wall and stuff like that, knowing the the playing surface as well, that's where home field advantage comes in and for Boston, I think more than really most teams in baseball, the term home field advantage really means something,
1: yeah, and we've i the the most interesting story so far in the championship series specifically is. Jock Peterson for the Braves, but then you have Kike, Kike Hernandez for Boston on the other side. You have these two former Dodgers that were previous uh, difference makers in the playoffs for L.A. are now on with two, two of the other teams in the playoffs, and Kike Hernandez essentially won um. Some divisional series has he's been the biggest contributor for yeah. Boston offensively throughout the series. I believe and
0: he hit both walk-offs. He at least hit the one in Game Four against Tampa.
1: I believe that other one. The other one was Christian Vasquez.
0: You're right. You're right. That was him. He hit the walk-off two-run home run. Yeah, both these teams, these lineups, have just come in. And, and guys that have been traded away, you mentioned Kyle Schwarber, who's just come in and, and been fantastic. Another guy you didn't mention, Alex Verdugo, coming in on a trade with Boston last year, and he's been a focal point of the lineup for the past two years for the Red Sox. And yeah both of the it's it's a tale of two series you know with the Braves and the Dodgers it's been a series of pitching and really the whole National League it's been about the pitching and who's going to outduel the other guy for the American League specifically in this series too the lineups are just so deep 1 through 9 that it's really about the hitting who's going to outscore you who's going to put the most pressure on the other team i mean you really have to come out and score at least one or two runs every inning to every other inning in this series and you know even that even that might not do it for you yeah it's it's you
1: your your margin of error i think in terms of bullpen management is that much higher in this american league series with the depth of the lineups But Um, I I just, with the, see, with the Braves, it's, you're up 2-0, and you kind of have this, just this confidence heading into L.A., and it seems like the home field advantage in Atlanta has made much more of a difference compared to the Houston home field advantage early on against Boston. Yeah. And it's and it's weird because that LA team just won the World Series last year. I don't know if it's the there's just more resiliency with Boston or with how. I mean, obviously JD Mark, you hit a grand slam in the first inning that's really gonna suck the life out of a stadium. But the I think it's just the, the Astros need to have some of the timely hitting that the Braves have had.
0: Yeah. Real quick before we go, your prediction for the Braves Dodgers the rest of the way.
1: I'm going to go with the the Braves in in six. I think they steal. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm going to say that they that they win against Charlie Morton despite a great pitching performance, but I think the bullpen day with I, I really see. L.A. being put in a position to where they just kind of use up a lot of the pitching and the Braves are able to really um, take advantage later in the series. And then I, I just think with Houston's lineup and Boston's lack of depth in the bullpen, I think they end up winning that game, that series in six as well.
0: I have the Braves in six as well. I think they take either game four or game five. Uh, I I do think that they beat Charlie Morton tomorrow. Uh, I think they that the Braves win the series, win the game that Max Freed pitches, which will, I think will be Game Five. Um, and I think they take it at home in Game Six for this series. I'm going to go with the Astros in Seven. I trust their lineup a little bit more. I'm a little skeptical skeptical of the Boston bullpen, the Boston starting pitching as well has me a little bit skeptical. I think that Chris Sale needs to go a little bit longer, needs to do a, a little bit more. And, you know, I, I trust Houston a little bit more in their bullpen as well to get some some late-inning wins. So I'm going to go Astros in seven. You got All anything right. else for us? Uh, just the, the, to get a kick out of how
1: you've got kind of the two – um cheating franchises left in the al and then the uh, the empire the national the nl empire i should say with the dodgers not to mention the broadcast crew trying so hard to make a team with a 250 million dollar payroll sound like the underdog yeah.
0: Do you just
1: know that like
0: the whole country is behind the braves right now in terms absolutely. of absolutely absolutely it's like you said two teams that have we know everybody knows about the Astros cheating scandal. All they got was the slap on the wrist. Alex Cora served his suspension last year for the Red Sox. The Dodgers were the victim, if you want to call it that. The the other two, or for 2017 and in 2018, and the Braves have had their heartbreaking losses in the playoffs. So both of those teams have felt the heartbreak the past couple of years, and. The two teams in the AL have definitely felt um, felt the feeling of winning in the wrong way, and like you said, I mean, it's just funny to hear the broadcast crew. It's it's the it's the TBS pregame and postgame. It's it's Ron Darling on on the on live on air. Jeff Francoeur, I think, has done a really good job of letting fans know what the Braves have done this year without being too biased towards the Braves. And I feel like nobody's really done that. Like you said, they have a $250 million payroll. Guys like they're allowed to bring in whoever, whomever they want. Guys like Trey Turner, Max Scherzer coming in, and everybody wants to be made out like they are. They've gone through so much turmoil this year, and it's, it really hasn't been that way. I mean, the Braves have been through far more than the Dodgers. And, you know, with the $250, $50 million payroll, you should definitely, definitely be up two zero instead of down two zero. But, guys, I'll definitely take that. Yeah, I, I will definitely take that too, and I will definitely take two more wins as well to put the Braves in the world series for the first time since 1999 and hopefully win it for the first time since 1995. But guys, that's going to be the show for us today. Justin and I will be back tomorrow to do a a weekend roundup show for college football, a little bit of NBA talk with the Hawks and the rest of the NBA starting out this week. Uh, So a lot to look forward to a lot going on this month with football playoff baseball and the NBA starting up, but for Taylor this time, for Justin tomorrow, I'm Chase, this has been Let's Get It.